Thank you, Ben. What a wonderful experience of worship. Take your Bibles, if you will, please, and uh, find the second chapter of Acts. We'll be there in, in just a moment. While you're doing that, a couple things I want to call to your attention. In your bulletin today, there was a, a page like this that says special announcement. Let me ask you to look at that very carefully. We're bringing back our Wednesday evening meals. It's so helpful. Yes, yeah, some of you like that. Some uh, we're, it's so helpful, especially for parents with children, for us to already have uh, a meal prepared for you to come here after work, bring the kids, and they can be involved in all of our uh, various activities that's going on on campus. Uh, but also, it's really great for our senior adults to have a wonderful time of fellowshipping and sharing together. So if you'll read over this, it's very important. We're going to give a little preview uh, just on the couple, next couple of Wednesday nights. Uh, the very first Wednesday night, you don't have to pay a thing. We just want you to come and meet our new chef and see how things are going. But we're going to be asking for folks to pay in advance. That'll help us handle our costs and our buying and so on and so forth. You'll see all that information on here. But I call your attention to this. If you'd like to be here for either or both of these Wednesday nights, I need for you to let me know how many to prepare for, okay? So if you can be here this Wednesday night or the following or both, whatever, check those, leave this right there on the chair, and we'll come by and pick it up afterwards, and we'll have you a good fried chicken dinner coming up the first Wednesday. Boy, I tell you what, you can't say no to that. And uh, we're looking forward to you being there. One other thing I want to share with you is tonight we're going to have another town meeting to where we're going to share uh, the various schedules that we have considered that would work to help us reach more people and give us some more space and such as that. And, and we do this not only for your information, but also for your feedback. So we'd love for you to be here if you can uh, possibly be here this evening. Uh, let us take you through the thought process that your staff and other researchers Churches have been involved in now for months and months and months and let you know kind of where we're going and how we plan on getting there. So let me encourage you to do that then this evening at our regular time. So you've turned there to the second chapter of Acts. If I were to ask you, when do you worship? Wonder what you would say. Many people would say, well, I, I worship uh, every Sunday morning at uh, around 11 o'clock at First Baptist Church. Okay. Well, no, there's nothing wrong about that. It's just uh, wrong. Okay, <laughs> I hope you worship then, but this is not, the, the thing about it is, worship is not a place, and worship is not about a time. When Jesus was talking to the woman that he met at the well in Samaria, you know, she said, well, you know, we worship in this place, and you worship in that place. You worship at this time, we worship at that time. And Jesus said this, he said, that's not it. He said, the time is coming and now is that you, you won't worship just on this mountain or this mountain. But rather you're going to be worshiping in spirit and in truth. Today we're going to be talking about worship. But we're going to be talking about intentional worship. This early church that we've been studying, especially in the second chapter of Acts, they were intentional about everything that related to their church growth. It was all done on purpose and intentionally. And we looked at intentional evangelism, intentional discipleship, intentional ministry. So today I want us to look at intentional worship. How can we be intentional? How can we be purposeful? How can we plan out our worship in a way that is going to really honor God? Now this is not so much about the how-to worship, whether you like this music or that music or this location or that location. The how-to is not as important as the who-to and the why-to. 
And that's what we'll be looking at tonight. Acts chapter 2, we've been looking at uh, really verses starting with verse 41. But if you'll look at verse 46 and 47, that'll be our focus here for this morning. Acts 2, 46. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. See, they're in two different locations here. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added daily those who were being saved. Let's pray over God's word. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come as only you can and empower our time here together. We have had such a phenomenal time of worship. Lord, I thank you for those who lead us in worship and just usher us into your very presence. And then by our participation, our praise and our adoration of you and magnifying you in our lives, that worship happens. And now we get to worship around our open Bibles. We get to worship around your word. So, Lord, we want to open our heart to you as you open your heart to us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now, turn with me to Psalm 34, and I'm going to get there in just a minute. Psalm 34. These early believers were absolutely intentional about everything they did. They were, they were just beginning what we would later call as the church. They were, they, they were just fresh off the boat when it comes to being believers in Christ. But they were unashamed. They were unapologetic. And they were extremely intentional. That's the word I want you to keep hearing over and over and over again. Intentionality. Because sometimes we can just be so lackadaisical, just kind of wake up and show up and stuff's supposed to happen. God wants us to be planning. God wants us to be intentional about all that we do. And we've seen that in our intentional evangelism. And we ask, what's your plan? What's your plan for reaching people with the gospel of Christ? We've talked about that when it comes to intentional discipleship. How are you specifically growing in your life with Christ? We talked about that with intentional ministry. And how is it that you're engaged in the, the caring and the love of God for other people? And now we want to be just as intentional when it comes to worship. To worship. Now, the early church, they, they had two specific locations, but this was not exhausted. They worshiped in the temple. They worshiped from house to house. In the temple, the temple was set aside for two things, sacrificing to God and praising God. And so they and their worship, wherever they were, that's what they were doing. They were sacrificially giving of themselves to God, giving first themselves and then anything else they had. And then <clears throat> spending that time in earnest praise, adoration, awe-filled wonder of who God was. And them doing that was transformational in their life. And here's the wonderful thing. Not only was it transformational in their life, it rubbed off onto the lives of others. You know, when you're really engaged in worship, when God is really moving in your heart, and it is something we're doing together, it's contagious to those who are around. And that's what was happening. It was contagious to those who did not know the Lord. And they said, we need that kind of peace. We need that kind of joy. We need that kind of sense of security and assurance within our lives. Because this world is crazy. And all of these weird things are happening. And so we desperately, desperately need that. Psalm 34, all of the Psalms is a wonderful vision into worship. And we're going to look at a couple of them today. But they just beckon you. They just beckon you to worship because it's a matter of a, of a heart motive and then an action that reflects that. But Psalm 34, let's read just the first three verses. Psalm 34. 
I will bless the Lord at all times. So much for Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name forever. Did you hear all of those great descriptive things that, that's going on right here? That they're to be blessing God, praising God, boasting about God, humbling themselves before God, exalting God, magnifying God. This is big. But then that's what their private worship did. Private worship is when in our hearts, in the depths of our soul, we're making much of God. We're bragging on God. We're magnifying God. We're, we're seeing God in everything that's going on. And we're blessing Him and thanking Him and praising Him in the process. That's private worship, okay? But then when we come together, when we sit together, when we stand and sing together, we're doing our private worship, but we're doing it corporately. We're doing it together. And there's a power in that, folks. There's a power and an anointing from God in that when we get together in doing our private worship in a corporate way. And so let me tell you something about this. You can have private worship without being engaged in corporate worship. But listen to me. You cannot do corporate worship without doing private worship. Because what's going on in your private life, in your heart, that's what reflects in our corporate worship. And that's why when you sing, you sing as unto the Lord. When you're praying, you're, you're praying unto Him. You're listening to somebody else maybe lead in prayer. But you're agreeing with that in prayer. And everything within you is engaged in that praying. And you're part of the giving and you're part of the serving. You're part of what's going on. That's what makes it so powerful corporately, together. That's so important. Now, what I want you to see is that wherever God is enlarged, wherever he's magnified, wherever he is, is just really bragged on all over, many wonderful things happen. Specifically, the more we make out of God, the more we make out of our, less we make out of ourselves. John the Baptist said something was so, so imperative when he was, the, uh, his disciples came to him and said, look, uh, Jesus' disciples, they're growing, they're getting bigger and bigger over there, and they're baptizing more people and such. And here's what John the Baptist said. He said, listen, this is why I came. He must increase. I must decrease. Now, folks, that's what happens in worship. When his will and his way is being lifted up and magnified in my life, I am smaller and smaller. My will, my way is diminishing more and more. And I'm submitting more and more to who he is. That's what worship happens. And we need to be intentional about this. So let's, first of all, I want to look at the intentional worship, what it does. It magnifies God in the believer. It magnifies God in the heart of those of us who love him. Turn to Psalm 100. We'll be there in just a minute. Psalm 100. When I look at the Psalms, I see two words that just explode off the page to me in my life when it comes to worship. And the two words are this, preparation and participation. These two words just explode out of the Psalms. When you read them as what they were, they were songs for worship. Like we sang these wonderful songs here today. These are songs of worship. And two things are called for in these songs. Preparation and participation. So I want to look at that. I want to look at intentional 
preparation. When the big times of worship happened in Jerusalem, people came from all over. All over. I, I mean, mean, sometimes 100 miles or more away. And that on foot, okay? So that took days and days and days to get there. But when they started mounting up the mountain towards Jerusalem, they all were going uphill. And now the last Psalms in your Bible, the last Psalms in the book of Psalms, are called the Psalms of Ascent. And that means going up. And what they would do, they would sing these songs as they were going up to Jerusalem. Why were they doing that? To prepare their hearts for what they were going to experience. They would sing these psalms as they were going up the southern steps, going in to, uh, to the temple area. Uh, several of our folks were with the, the uh, jubilaires that just went over to uh, Jerusalem here just a few weeks ago. And I got a picture of them, some 200 of them there, all sitting on the southern steps as you would go up into the ancient temple. That's one of the parts that's still right there that we know Jesus sat right here and did these things. As they would go up those steps, what were they doing? They were singing these psalms, the psalms of ascent, because it was preparing their hearts for worship. This is imperative, folks. This is imperative. Psalm 100. Read it with me. It's very short. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Look, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. What's he saying to let us? Let us make, let us serve, let us come, let us enter. These are things that the worshipers would prepare their hearts for. They would get ready. So how do I do that? How, what, 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 do you, what am I supposed to do, Brother Fred? Talk to me. Tell me. How am I supposed to prepare myself for worship? I'm glad you asked. Okay? First, pray before you ever get here. All right? Spend a few moments alone in your heart before you ever get here. Start by preparing your own heart. Start by taking a few moments to give praise to Him and thanksgiving unto Him. And come to Him and say, Lord, What's going to happen today that I need to receive in my heart? What's, I, I want to be ready to hear the word you have for me today. And so you start by praying that. You, you start by saying, God, open my heart to what you want to pour in to me today. That's preparation. preparation. You, you may want to listen to some praise music as you go. Uh, you, you, you spend a couple of moments in the word. Read one of the Psalms, because they're all, so many of them are, are preparatory, okay? But come hungry. Come, you know, most of our folks leave hungry. I want you to come hungry, all right? Come hungry for what the Lord alone can give you and fill you with. And so you're preparing for worship, okay? That's intentional preparation. But then also what the Psalms just explode about is intentional participation. Intentional participation. For too many years, worship has been considered a spectator sport. It's something that you watch the professionals do, all right? 
We, we get it from our sports and everything. We get it from football and baseball and all of those things. And we're quite satisfied to sit in the stands and cheer them on as, as they are, are playing a great game. That works good with sports. That's not worship. Okay? Worship is not you watching people who have practiced and rehearsed and all of these kind of things. And they do the worship and you say, good job there. That's not worship. Worship is participatory. And the Psalms, they say, come, come on and join us in this. Come on and be a part of this with us. Be engaged in what God is doing in our hearts and doing our lives. And we read Psalms 34 a few moments ago. Psalm 100, both, they, they both call, come on and be involved in this. So what does this look like? How do I do that? That means you're engaged participating. You're participating when the scriptures are read, you're opening your Bible or you turn into it in your device. Because not only are you just listening to these words being read, you are reading them with your own eyeballs and you're saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. And this is a hallowed time. Boy, he speaks here like he speaks at no other time. If you just let him, just let him. So you, you, you read the word along. When we sing, add your voices, but not just your voices, add your heart. Some of those words come across that page and I say, oh yes! And you can't sing loud enough and you can't underscore it enough, okay? You don't want to hear me sing. I'll threaten you with that, all right? But here's what. You want to see me engaged in singing. I want to see you engaged in worship singing to where your heart is just exploding to the Lord. You know, that's one of the reasons I, I love to have Ben and Hannah and others up here leading us in song because they sing so good, you don't hear mine. Now I don't sing on a single note right. <laughs> but all the words are there. And all of the heart is there participating in the singing and praying okay when, when someone is leading in prayer they have your undivided attention but not just because you're listening how can I agree in prayer with that person when we're agonizing for the persecuted church when we're crying God give them boldness to continue to stand even if it means their lives they're ready to give it we're we're bearing witness with whoever's leading in that prayer and you know what that does that multiplies the power of that prayer. That expands the potential of that. And God, you know, God will hear even one verse, one voice. But you know what? When you get a couple of hundred of us together, and we're all agreeing on the same thing, it comes up to heaven in a united way, and God says, these people are serious about their praise and about their petition. So it's not, not just something you prepare for. This is something that you participate in. You are engaged in. There's two things that come out of the Psalms that tell me about being, being a participant in worship. One of them, we are to participate humbly before the Lord. You know, if we humble ourselves before God, he won't have to humble us. Okay? You hear me? <laughs> Anybody been humbled by God? Been there, done that? Don't want to go there ever again? You know, Luke uh, says in Luke 14... 11, and, and Jesus is speaking here. He says, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Worship is a way of humbling ourselves before God. 
years ago when our grandchildren were real, real young, we were keeping Michael's kids, uh, and we were in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. We had to go down and, and meet uh, Michael and Stacia coming back to get them about halfway between. And uh, as we left Nashville, it had just started snowing. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. It was these big old fat snowflakes that are wet, and they just stick on everything and hold on tight. Well, by the time we got to Mont Eagle, okay, Mont Eagle's a mountain range. After you top that, you go down into, to, towards Chattanooga. As we got there, those evergreens had that, it had been, the snow was falling. Those branches were just hanging, okay? And some of the whole, even the tops of the trees were just leaning over because that thick, wet, heavy snow was all on them. And what hit me, we talked about it, you know, that the trees themselves are bowing down in worship unto God. That's the picture. To be so weighted by his glory and so weighted by his presence that we bow before him. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful picture? And it's a picture of what God wants us to continually be engaged, to humble ourselves before him and do it in a way that is honorable. To honor God. Worship is about honoring God. It's about revering him for who he is. As we read those Psalms, what are some of these words that honor him? It says we rejoice, we, we gladly, gladly are joyful for all who he is. Praise, to prize him, to see the value and worth in who he is. To joyfully shout. Now, hey, I can do that better than I can sing. To joyfully shout out the praises of God. Blessing his name. That's giving him the reverence and the honor that he's due. Boasting in the Lord. Making a show of who he is and what he's done in our lives. And exalting his name. It means to lift him up. Let me tell you something about worship. Worship is not just in the mind. It's not just in the heart or soul. Worship also includes the body. It includes the body. The body in singing, the body in speaking, the raising of hands, the applauding, or whatever. Let your body know you're happy, please. Okay? It's okay for your body to know you're happy. It's marvelous about that. Let, get, in, get engaged. This is being honorable unto the Lord. So here, intentional worship magnifies God in the life of the believer. But let me tell you about a, something that happens as a result of that. This is, this is amazing. When you and I are genuinely from the depths of our heart engaged in worship, intentional worship that we have prepared for and we're participating in, you know what happens? It affects other people. And here's the next point I want you to write down. Intentional worship magnifies the Lord in the lives of the unbelievers, okay? On any given Sunday on our campus, we have people here who are just checking things out. They're, they're here because maybe a friend has invited them, or maybe they were curious about what was coming on here. Maybe they've got problems going on in their lives, and they're searching for some answers and somebody to help them. But they're, they're seeking. And what happens when they come into a church, and everybody looks like they've been sucking on persimmons, and they sing, Oh, what a mighty God we serve. And everything... If anything happens, it's, it's, it's because somebody's up on stage doing something. How are they to affect and how are they to measure our faith? How are they to measure how God is moving in the life of that congregation? But they come in 
And they see people just like them burdened down with all kinds of problems. They see somebody just like them that has the weight of the world on their shoulders. But they come here and something miraculous happens. God breaks through and they just know somehow God is going to see them through. And they're praising God and they're depending on God. And they're giving faithfully of their lives to God. Then those same people look around and say, there must be something to this. There must be something to this faith. It, 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 it must be real. And that's what happened in the early church. People saw the early Christians intentional about worship. Intentional about their, their evangelism and their discipleship and their ministry and their worship. And they, as the word says, they had favor with all of the people. That word favor is the same word as otherwise translated grace. People found grace being in the worship, being in the midst of a group of people who were so busy loving on God, they just forgot about themselves for a little while. It's amazing. Listen, folks, worship, when it's done in this kind of way, is catching. It's catching. I remember Jonathan was still pretty small. He's up here now, so he's pretty small down here. And uh, we had opportunity to go to a Braves game. Now, he and I are big, big Braves fans, have been forever and ever and such. And Larry got to come along this time. Well, you know, she, she, she manages to keep snacks coming while we watch the game. That's kind of as, in, as involved as she usually got. But come to that game, and uh, the Braves scored. John and I were on our feet, all these people around yelling and screaming and everything, you know. Larry looks around and says, oh, okay, that's pretty good. What happened? You know, and we tell her what happened. And then a little later, they, they score again. Well, guess what? She's on her feet, too. She's jumping up and down. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but it was good. I know because my husband and son are up there, okay? Cheering on like that is catching. Folks, worship is catching. If it gets on you, it's going to get on the person beside you. So you got to let the Lord do what he does best. Because, see, when God gets loose, first in my heart, when he gets loose in our heart, boy, then he starts getting all over other people. They're saying, you know, there's something that that person has that I want. Wouldn't you love somebody to say that about you and your life? Watching you worship, watching you sharing, watching you in your discipleship or ministry, for they to say, I want what that person's got. Yes. That's what it's all about. So we're talking about intentionality. So you've heard me use this word before, and I think Derek has too. When you talk about intentionality, you talk about having a plan, okay? What is your plan? We talked about having a plan for your evangelism, a plan for discipleship, a plan for ministry. So what's our plan for intentional worship? Okay, let me tell you this. It starts before you get here. So as we're looking forward even now into next week, let's make up our mind today that we're going to start getting ready even on Saturday night. You know, you have to do that to a certain degree anyway. Mommies, let me talk to you about for a moment. I know what you had to go through, okay? You got to get the, the clothes are all ready. You got to have them laying out. You got to have everything planned. There was a time in our history right here in the mountains, that, that women would not do any cooking or work on Sunday. They felt that that was the Sabbath and they shouldn't do that. So what would they do? They would prepare all Saturday. They'd have the kids 
all scrubbed up Saturday night and good and, good and, good and clean. Have the clean clothes laid out. Have something all ready that could either cook while they were at church or they would just eat it when they got home. Why? They were preparing. Folks, in that spirit, next Sunday, let's prepare before we get here. Let's have a plan. What will my plan be? Well, my plan is going to be, I want to spend a few moments, maybe even leading my family to do this, but I want to spend a few moments at least alone getting quiet before God and beginning to pray to God and say, God, I, I ask you to move mightily in our worship time today. But I specifically, Lord, say, I want my heart to be open for what you want to speak into my heart. This coming. And then take some time in prayer and thank him and praise him and love on him and begin to open your heart to him loving you. Prepare ahead of time. Get into the word for a few moments. Come hungry. Come ready. Let me tell you again. When you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Okay? So the key is to make a plan. That's what being intentional means. It means I'm intentionally making a plan to where when I come into the presence of the Almighty God, the King of Kings, and He's worth it, my friends. He's worth it. We're talking about the man, God who became a man. God who became a man so that you and I could see who God was really like. He became a man and he dwelt among us without sin. But he died on the cross to take my sins and yours upon himself. And he rose again three days later so that his eternal life could now be my eternal possession. He's worthy of my worship. He's worthy of my praise. He's worthy to be prepared. Intentional worship. This morning, some of you may want to come to the altar and just say, God, I ask you to forgive me for all the years that I have just woke up and show up. Had no preparation time whatsoever. I'm surprised you ever got through to me at all. But right now, I want to bow before you and I want to make you my pledge that I want to be intentional about worship in my heart in the hopes that it'll, it'll catch in somebody else's life too. Maybe, maybe you've been thinking about joining our church fellowship. Maybe you just want to come and take me by the hand and say, Pastor, I want to be a part of this great church. And we want to receive you into our fellowship. We want you to be a part of this family. Or maybe, maybe you'd like to have Jesus in your life. Maybe you've never come to that place that you've surrendered your own life to Jesus Christ. But you've heard something today that has pricked your heart. What's happening is Holy Spirit is speaking to the depths of who you are. And right now, you'd like to ask Jesus to be the boss in your life. I want to ask you to come and take me right here by the hand. Let me give me the privilege of showing you how to ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior. But it's time as part of our worship, as part of our worship, to respond to what Holy Spirit has spoken into our lives. So everybody up on your feet. Bow your heads with me for just a moment and let's pray. Holy Spirit, this is your time. You've been preparing for this moment for a long, long time. You've had many people here today preparing for this moment. Some of us, not so much, but boy, we've heard today how important it is to be intentional when we come before you. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to throw your net over us. Draw those that need to accept you as Savior and Lord. Give courage to those who want to come and unite with our fellowship. Give blessing to those who want to come and pray. This is your time. 
be high and lifted up in our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.